بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده ونصلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمدللہ today is the 27th of November in the year 2022 and alhamdulillah we moved on to the 23rd session that we're going through the commentary of the blessed surah al-anbiya and I've reached verse 85 so inshallah today going through up to and including verse 86 so verse 85 And remember Ismail, Idris, and Dhul Kifr, all men of constancy and patience. So, in this glorious surah, you notice that many of the prophets are mentioned. And an honorable mention are mentioned of them. <coughs> so, in this verse, three blessed names are mentioned. Ismail, who is a famous messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam. Idris, who we mentioned, alayhi salatu wasalam, in Surah Maryam. And Dhul Kifr. So who is this personality? So Kifr is the Arabic form of Ezekiel, alayhi salatu wasalam. If we accept Dhul Kifr to be not a kunyat, an agnaman, but an Arabicized form of Ezekiel, alayhi salatu wasalam, it fits the context. Ezekiel, alayhi salatu wasalam, was a prophet of the Bani Israel who was carried away to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar after his second attack on Jerusalem, which was roughly 600 years before Christ, alayhi salatu wasalam. His narrative is included in the Bible, i.e. the Old Testament. He was chained and bound and put into prison. And for a time he was doomed, as mentioned in the book of Ezekiel, Surah um, 3, verse 25 onwards. He bore it all with patience and constancy and continued to reprove boldly the evils of the Bani Israel. So this is one clarification. So... He's the famous prophet in the Bible called Ezekiel or Ezekiel. And it seems to be an Arabized, Arabicized uh, name, Dhul Kifr. So it's not a kunyad according to some. And if you look at the few uh, details in the Bible about this prophet, he was certainly one of great patience and constancy. So if you look at the verse that we're going through, Allah Ta'ala mentions that, All of these were men of extreme determination. So one is, it could be Ezekiel or Ezekiel, alayhi salatu wasalam. Also, Hafiz ibn Kathir, rahmatullahi, in his Al-Bidayah, he mentioned, the fact that Dhul Kifl, alayhi salatu wasalam, is praised in the two passages. So which two passages? This verse, Surah 21, verse 86, And also Surah 38, verse 48. Allah Ta'ala mentions him there. But in Surah 38, verse 48, he's mentioned with Ismail, Al-Yasa, and Dhul Kifr. So Ibn Kathir, Rahmatullah, said, the fact that he's mentioned in these two passages 
his name alongside the names of other great prophets showed that he too was a prophet. May the blessings and peace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon him. This is the popular opinion amongst the scholars. So this is the first thing Ibn Kathir mentioned. He mentioned that it seems to be he is a prophet because in the only two places in the Quran he's mentioned alongside the prophets. But then he said, however, others claim he was not a prophet. He was rather only a pious, just and wise man or judge. Hafiz ibn Jadir in his tafsir 18-5 or 7 did not give his opinion on this issue. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. This is also in Ibn Kathir's tafsir, volume 6, page 481 of the English translation. So the great Mufassir Hafiz ibn Jadir, he remained silent. He didn't say definitely he was a prophet. So that's a precautionary way of mentioning this great man. And like I mentioned in the previous session, Ayyub wasalam, in, Ibn, uh, in Al-Bidayah, before he passed away, he entrusted his mission to his son Humal and after him his other son Bishop. Many claim that he was Zulkifr and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. These same people also claim he was a prophet who died at the age of 95. So some of the ulama mentioned he was the son of Ayyub. Because his narrative comes immediately after Ayyub. But of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows best. And also, it mentions a few details. So, this is in Ibn Jarir in his tafsir and Al Bidayah and Ibn Abi Najih. Mujahid rahmatullah he said, he was not a prophet, but he was a righteous man who was appointed to act on behalf of the Prophet sent to his people and to carry out his responsibilities towards them and to judge between them with fairness. As a result, he was known as Dhulqifr. So here, one of the Salaf Mujahid said he's not a prophet, but he was a very righteous man and a righteous judge. And he judged so fairly, he was called Dhul Kifl. So why? The word Kifl is derived from the verb Kafala, meaning to be responsible. So Dhul Kifl means the one who was extremely responsible. That's like a kind of a kunyat according to this understanding. Meaning he was a tremendous judge. And also, in Ad-Dur al-Mantur, 5-664, Ibn Abi Hatim and Al-Bidayah, Kinana ibn al-Akhnas, he said, I heard al-Ashari, Abu Musa, when he was on the pulpit. Dhul-Kifl, was not a prophet, but there was a righteous man amongst the Bani Israel who used to offer a hundred prayers every day. That righteous man died and Dhul-Kifl took his place, offering a hundred prayers every day. For this reason, he was called Dhul Kifr. So according to the great Abu Musa al-Ashri, he's also said he's not a prophet. But he took over the reins, for want of a better word, of a very righteous man. And he doubled what he would offer. And because of that, he was called Dhul Kifr, which is the derivative of this. This narration, Ibn Kathir said, is Munqati. The chain between Qatada and Abu Musa 
there's a gap. So there's a weakness there. So Lord, the reason I mentioned that was to highlight some of the great personalities said he wasn't a prophet. So now some details. So this is a narration. It's recorded in Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Jarir in his tafsir, and Al-Bidayah, and also Marif al-Quran, volume 6, page 222 onwards of the English translation. Mujahid rahmatullahi he said, where Sayyidina Yasa, alayhi salatu wa salam, when he became old and weak, he thought of appointing someone who could perform the duties of a prophet on his behalf during his lifetime. To stop in the court. So Mujahid again from the Salaf, he's narrating. And he mentions there was a prophet called Yasa. Yasa, alayhi salatu wa salam. So who is this? The English equivalent is Elijah. So Elijah or Yasa, alayhi salatu wa salam, he's now become old and he's weak. And he was thinking of appointing somebody to uh, perform the duties of a prophet whilst he was still alive. He was thinking who, who is best now to, that Allah the Almighty blesses him, i.e. with Nabut. So now even before moving on, is Yasa mentioned in the Quran? Yes. In Surah 6 verse 86 he's mentioned. And Surah 38 verse 48 he's mentioned. So two of the great prophets are mentioned, alayhi salatu wa salam, with Dhul Kifr. In Surah 6 verse 86 he's mentioned, but here in Surah 38 verse 48, Yasa is mentioned with Dhul Kifr. So that seems to indicate they were contemporaries. The report continues. So Yasa, Elijah alayhi salatu wa salam, he assembled all his companions for this purpose and told them of his desire to appoint someone who would act as his deputy, but he must fulfill three conditions. The first, he has to fast all year round. The second, he should spend the nights in salah. And thirdly, he must never ever lose his temper. So, Sayyidina Yasa, he says, the one I want to appoint has to have these three qualities. He must be praying all night, if not every night. He must be fasting every day. And he must not get angry. A relatively unknown companion who was held in contempt by the people stood up. And he offered himself for the service. Sayyidina Yasa asked him, do you fast all year? He said, yes. Do you spend all night in salah? He said, yes. Because you never lose your temper. He said, yes. Perhaps Sayyidina Yasa, alayhi salatu wasalam, did not believe his claim. After a few days, Sayyidina Yasa, alayhi salatu wasalam, reconvened the meeting and repeated his three conditions. He asked his companions if any of them could meet up to this requirement. They all remained seated. But subhanAllah, the same man stood up and claimed he fulfilled the three conditions. Upon this, Sayyidina Yasa, alayhi salatu wasalam, appointed him his deputy. So it's only the second time. So why were the other companions not getting up? Because they weren't fulfilling that condition. They were very strict conditions. So he was appointed. 
when shaitan realized that sayyidina zulkifl alayhi salatu wasalam had been selected as a deputy to sayyidina yasa alayhi salatu wasalam <coughs> he asked all his aides to go to sayyidina zulkifl alayhi salatu wasalam and entangle him into doing something which would result in his removal from the post of deputy so shaitan realized this was a very significant moment and he goes you got to try and slip him up so he doesn't get the position all his aides excused themselves and said he was beyond their power to harm <laughs> so all of the right and men or the left and men of shaitan they go no chance he's invincible the shaitan said all right leave him to me i'll take care of him sayyidina zulkifl alayhi salatu wasalam true to his claim he fasted during the day he prayed during the night and had a little nap in the afternoon so it's very important to highlight that his nap was essential because he's not sleeping at night so he needs it is essential okay lulu shaitan went to him just when he was about to take his afternoon nap and knocked at the door he got up and inquired who is it the shaitan replied i am an old tortured man dus zulkifl alayhi salatu wasalam he opened the door and let him in the shaitan entered and started a long yarn about the cruelty and injustice which he suffered at the hands of his community and relatives he stretched the story so long that no time was left for sayyidina zulkifl alayhi salatu wasalam to take his kayrul Thus he told the old man that he should come to him at the time when he emerged and he would call justice to be done to him. So what happened? This was the plan of shaitan. Basically, deprive him of sleep. So he goes in and he starts talking about, you know, everything under the sun. And he loses his kailula. But he doesn't get angry. He just says, okay, when I emerge at the time when people come, I will help you. Later on, Sayyidina Zulkifl alayhi salatu wasalam sat in his court and waited for the old man but he didn't turn up. So imagine he's waiting, he's doing the judgments which he was told to do. He's expecting the old man, he's not even turned up. The next morning, he again waited for the old man in the court but he still did not turn up. Then in the afternoon, he was about to have his kailula. being tired from missing the previous day suddenly the old man emerged and started knocking on the door he asked again who is it and the shaitan replied an old tortured man he opened the door and asked him did i not inform you to come to my court yesterday but you failed to appear nor did you even come this morning So this shaitan answered, Sir, my enemies are very wicked people. When they learnt that you were sitting in your court and would force them to give back to me what was my due, they agreed to settle the matter out of court. But as soon as you left your court, they went back on their promise. Astaghfirullah, playing proper <coughs> games with Zulkif. So he's basically saying, we settled it. But when you left the court, they go, sorry, no settlement. 
Sayyidina Zulkifl wasalam, asked him again to come to his court. He goes, come again. When I'm there, all this conversation continued for such a long time that again, he could not have his Kailula on that day also. So now two days have passed. He then went to the court and he awaited for the old man who again did not turn up. The next day again, he waited for him until late in the noon, but to no avail. So if you notice that he had two uh, sessions where he would judge once in the morning, once in the afternoon. And he Shaitan didn't even come to any. When he returned home on the third day, he was so sleepy because of lack of, lack of sleep for the last two days. Therefore, he asked his family members not to allow anyone to knock at the door. The old man came again and wanted to knock at the door, but the family members stopped. Thus, shaitan entered the house through a ventilator and started knocking at the door of his chamber. Sayyidina Dhul Kifl got up again and saw that the old man was inside the house whilst the outer door was closed. Thus he asked him, how did you enter my house? Then suddenly he realized that the man standing before him was shaitan. So that was the kind of a sign. And he asked him, are you the enemy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Iblis? He admitted yes and remarked, you thwarted all my plans and frustrated all my efforts to entice you in my design. My intention was to make you angry somehow so that one of your claims before Yasa could be proved false. It was because of this incident he was given the title Dhulqif, which means a person who is true to his covenant and performs his duty faithfully. And this title was fully deserved by him. So this is the narrative. So this is an authentic narrative, which is in the books. And it indicates that he was possibly thereafter appointed to prophethood. So now what's interesting, Mufti Shafi then goes on to say in his marvel Quran, the sum and substance of this narrative is that Zulkifl was certainly the deputy of Yasa. That was definite. Kind of his, you know, his khalif. That's definite. It is possible that because of his virtuousness, his name has been mentioned along with the prophets. That's also possible. It is also possible that initially he was the khalif of Yasa, and later he was elevated to the status of a prophet. I just like Yusha, so Musa had a very famous companion called Yusha, mentioned in the Quran. But when he's mentioned in the Quran in Surah Al Kaf, he was a companion. But later he was given Nabuth. So maybe that was the case here with regards to Dhul Kifl. And this way you can reconcile the reports. So some say he wasn't a prophet. So maybe they were referring to the fact that that's before he was appointed to prophethood. But later he was given the status of a prophet. And notice Sayyidina Yasa could see the brilliance in him. That's why he eventually appointed him his, his successor. So now another thing which needs to be pointed out here. There's a very famous report. 
and it's called the narration of Kifl. So this narration is in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, and Hafiz ibn Katib also mentions it in his Al-Bidayah. So what's the report? Abdullah ibn Umar, radiyallahu he relates. He goes, I've heard this narration from Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa not once, but more than seven times. Meaning, I heard this quite a lot from the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa There was a man by the name of Kifl, amongst the Bani Israel, who did not abstain from any type of sin. So he was a very sinful man. Once a woman came to him and he persuaded her <coughs> to have full intimacy with him on payment of 60 guineas. When he got down to perform the act, the woman started crying and trembling. Dusi asked her, what's the matter with you? I've not forced myself upon you and I've given you the money. The woman replied, that the cause of her distress was she has never in all her life committed adultery. It was only the severe circumstance which had forced her to agree to this sin. Hearing this, Kifl gets up, tells her to go away and keep the money. He promised her that he would never again indulge in any sin. Then it so happened that he died the same night. So what's happened? So Kifl was moved. Kifl was thinking, this woman, she's shaking due to this one sin, which I consider nothing. But then he gave her the money and he says, I also promise I'm not going to commit a sin. He died the same night. And in the morning it was seen that there was a hidden writing on his door that Kifl, Ghafarullahu lil Kifl, Kifl had been forgiven by Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, the Bani Israel, one of the things that they had, which oh, Alhamdulillah we are safe from, if they committed any sins, it would be written on their door in the next morning. So on his door was written, he was forgiven. Hafiz ibn Katir, he mentioned that none of the six famous narration uh, collectors have narrated this. It is only in Imam Ahmad's Muslim. Even if this narration is true, it mentioned the name as Kifl, not Dhul Kifl. Which means he was some other person. So some people that make a mistake, they mention this kind of famous narrative. They go, this was Zul Kifl. The problem with that is, it is possible. <coughs> if he's not a prophet. If he is a prophet, impossible. And it's not his name. His name is Kifl. Kifl. This name is Zul Kifl. And that's a kunyat according to many of the Mufassirin and the scholars. So note, you shouldn't confuse these narratives here. So the fact here that he's mentioned with Ismail and Idris, and he's mentioned in praise of his patience, seems to indicate clearly he was finally given the mantle of prophethood. Verse 86. We admitted them to our mercy, for they were indeed amongst the righteous. So note again, Allah has put them all together. We admitted them to our mercy. So it seems strange that two of them would be prophets and another one who's admitted to the same mercy is not a prophet. But of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows best. So I'll recite the verses.
We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Quran, the Nabi of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He forgives me for any hadiths which are made up in the words of the order. Allah <laughs> subhanahu wa ta'ala.